in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. What a great song. Very happy Friday morning to you, January 20th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. David Crosby passing away yesterday at the age of 81. Wow, that was incredible. You know, when we started looking through those songs and we were talking about this yesterday, getting it ready, you think and realize what an amazing talent. Oh. A hard life he led. He did. For sure, but it seems like as he gained to the the end of his life, he found some clarity and uh, boy, the music they were able to produce fantastic. Yeah, one of the really first, I almost want to say one of the first super groups coming out of that era, uh late 60s, early 70s, uh Neil Young joining them after that for a short period of time so it was Crosby Stills Nash and Young but primarily Crosby Stills and Nash and just some iconic hits throughout the years and they had their they had their struggles as a band uh sure. a, a lot of uh, kind of infighting but they got together and actually my wife and I were lucky enough to see them at the uh Schnitzer uh really? when they did one of their reunion tours is quite a few years ago mm-hmm. but it was phenomenal just to see them it was yeah just kind of a goosebump moment cuz we grew up listening to them and then you get a chance to see them like that and and still the sound was just phenomenal so yeah certainly will be missed you know my wife and I in fact were talking about this yesterday so many of the artists that we grew up listening to back in the 70s, you know, they're getting into their 70s and 80s. 80s, and, right. Know, Christine McVie passing away from Fleetwood Mac earlier this year. Just last week, Jeff Beck, a great guitarist, passing away. Oh, David. So here we are, and now David Crosby. But that's, you know, hey, that's life. That is, death is part of life. Yeah. And, you know, it does make me thankful for our faith because we recognize that well, that's not the end. While it hurts right. for those left behind to mourn them, well, we know that they and pray are in God's heavenly glory, and we look forward to the day that we'll re- be reunited yeah. with our loved ones. And I was just reading a, a comment from Graham Nash uh, from Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and him talking about how you know David Crosby will just leave a legacy through his music, and so that's it. While he's gone, he his voice is still there for oh. us to still listen to. Like Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, which is a, uh, an amazing song. So anyway, that, uh, open the show with that this morning. Well, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing all good. right. Yeah. I feel pretty good. But last night I did start to get this little bit of a scratchy throat. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll see what it's developing. It's yeah. a little bit worse today, but I feel fine, I which is you... really kind of weird. As, aside from this weirdness that is uh, yeah. going on in my throat, my ears aren't quite right now, too, because I, I, I'm hearing a little differently in my headphones, but... 
I feel great. It was funny when, <laughs> when I walked in and your back was to me and I was standing outside the studio and I said, hey, how are you doing today? And you turned to me and you had the mask I had on. I put my mask and on. And I said, uh-oh, I yep. feel something there. I prefer to keep my germs to myself, David. That's very nice Because of you. I want you to show up for work next <laughs> week, too. I don't want to pass this on to you. No, I'm, we'll, <laughs> we'll stay separate. You're, you're, you are always in a separate studio. Right. We watch each other over video and talk through the mics but so anyway well i hope you you make it through the day okay i hope so too uh it's a it's a probably a weekend indoors for me for the most part we'll see but it, you know sometimes these things just they feel like they're getting into something and then they just yeah. fade away that's my hope uh but we'll see as the the day progresses but i'm gonna keep my germs to myself today so what you're telling me is your weekend's a whiskey and a movie i think it might be <laughs> on the couch that's well that's okay there's worse oh, ways to Scott's spend. running to yeah. the cabinet right now checking to make sure we've got plenty for the weekend there is lots of football to watch this weekend so you i know, might watch you some got football. that you got yeah. that going for you since anyway. i don't have to worry about my chargers losing <laughs> that's right i can enjoy the rest you of the playoffs. You can sit back and enjoy it. So what else you have coming up today? Well, David, it was standing room only as thousands fill the sanctuary at the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., ahead of for the March for Life. I've got an update on this year's March. All right. We'll talk about new numbers on union membership across the country. That's coming up as well. All right. Well, it's a nice, easy Friday morning. David, here's another great song for you. It's Audrey Assad. And the house you're I building. Love this song. I know you do. And we are the Morning Blend right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Yeah, these are old shoes that I've been walking
That is Audrey Assad and The House You're Building. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Friday morning. Coming up, great interview, special interview. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. She has with her Ed Longwa, the new Communications Director. They're going to join me right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Find the peace you need by joining Mater Dei Radio and the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Mater Dei Radio's live broadcast podcast of all our original programming, including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click materdayradio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 712 here at Mater Dei Radio. A dense fog advisory yeah. is posted till 11 a.m. Did you run into some fog this morning? Uh, I did up? not, but like yesterday when I came up, it wasn't foggy, but then it rolled in. By okay. the time we sat here, and I think that's kind of what's happening right now, it looks like. I uh, In my drive-in, I was coming in and out of it a yeah. little bit, kind of in that low area, mm-hmm. kind of outlying areas, yep. In fact, visibility in some areas has dropped quite a bit, but later today, skies will become partly sunny. Daytime temperatures topping out in the mid-40s. Overnight, we cool way down to the 30s again, yeah. looking ahead to the weekend. Passing afternoon clouds tomorrow could drop a few showers, but we're going to clear out on Sunday. Highs on both days into the low to mid 40s and a king tide weekend out on the coast. I heard that. Yeah, very interesting. It is a little chillier today. 34 degrees at Our Lady of Levang Church in Happy Valley. And it is 35 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. 
Well, here we are in a new year, and it's our first opportunity to talk with Catholic Charities of Oregon Executive Director Natalie Wood in 2023. She joins us in studio this morning, and she has a special guest who we will let her introduce in just a moment. But first of all, Happy New Year, Natalie. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you too, David. So did you, to be here. Oh, great to have you here. Did you have a good holiday? Oh, I had an excellent holiday. My daughter came in from Chicago to visit me, so that was absolutely wonderful. Oh, nice. So you yeah. didn't have to travel. No, I didn't yeah. have to travel, and she's expecting uh, my first grandbaby, so I'm so excited. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank that, you. That is, that is awesome. Well, as we mentioned, you have a gentleman with you today, and, and we know him pretty well here at Mater yeah. Day Radio, but he's now a member of the Catholic Charities family. So I'm going to let you do the introduction. Yes. Well, we are very excited at Catholic Charities to have a new member with us. He's a very special person and his deep love for God is eminent in who he is. And I love that about him. So this is Ed Langlois. That is right, Ed. Good to see you. And we kind of spilled the beans on you when we had you on, uh, I think, right before the Christmas season, or maybe it was right after, and you gave us the indication that you were going to be heading to Catholic Charities. And so, congratulations, Director of Communications. That's right. And modern day is always the cutting edge of news here. You you break a lot of news. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'd rather talk about other people than myself. But for Catholic Charities today, I'm, I'm willing to make a little sacrifice here. <laughs> well, you know, obviously, the managing editor of the Catholic Sentinel newspaper for many years. You know Catholic Charities very, very well, obviously doing numerous stories on Catholic Charities. So, yeah, what does it mean to be with Catholic Charities now on the other side from the news? For 30 years, David, I reported on Catholic Charities uh, from everything of the, the opening of their new building to welcoming refugees. You know, one of the first stories I, I remember from Catholic Charities was in 2004. There was a Rwandan refugee who came. Mm-hmm. He'd been arrested and was due to be executed, and he dug his way out of the, the prison with a spoon. Wow. Somehow made his way to Portland, where he was welcomed with open arms, an apartment, food, friends, uh, help with a job. And I learned then that Catholic Charities is really doing uh, work of the church to which I'm very attracted, the social mission of the church, the human dignity work that is, is such a huge sign of our faith. So I just, I've just been delighted to be, become part of Catholic Charities and help them tell their story. I'm inspired by Natalie, who always says that she's a support crew for the frontline workers. Yeah. And so that's what I am, too. It's really the frontline people who are doing the work, and we're just here to support them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and Natalie, too, for you having someone like Ed, who is a obviously a wonderful writer and, mm-hmm. and has been writing stories about Catholic Charities for years, what does that mean to Catholic Charities to have somebody tell a story like that? Well, it's so wonderful to have someone who is so committed to the work and understands why we do the work walk into this position, because that means our communication will be able to tell that to people and to let them know what we're doing and the impact that we're having on the community. And I think that's so very important, but it has to be done in the right way. Yeah. And I think Ed will be able to do that. Uh, That's beautiful. And again, here we are in the new year, and I don't know if you have any plans yet. I know, Ed, you're just really fresh on the job here as we speak today. So how about for yourself, anything that you're kind of focused on or things that you want to tell right away? Well, both Natalie and I are very interested in engaging more with the parishes and the Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. 
both in telling the stories of Catholic charities there, but also in telling the stories from the parishes and the schools in which people are living out the gospel in, in touching people's lives and in touching people on the margins. So we're going to be looking for a way to keep telling those stories, and that's probably something we can do in cooperation with, with uh, Modern Day and, and, and other outlets, because a lot of things are happening out there that deserve to be told, that could inspire other people to, to move closer to Jesus, to move closer to the work of Jesus. Right. And, you know, certainly we think of Catholic Charities of Oregon being in Portland, but it is Catholic Charities of Oregon. I That's mean, right. yeah, you're, do- you're not right. just talking Portland. Right. We have several different uh, places that we operate throughout Oregon, and we have housing throughout Oregon as well. So this will give us the opportunity to be able to collaborate more with like the Catholic Community Services of Lane County, right? right? Mm-hmm. To be able to do more for the EPHC, is what I know them as, Hispanic Catolico. Yes. Their services as well, right? right? To be able to share some of the stories there and then engage with these parishes because one of the things that all these stories do is they help inspire hope. Mm-hmm. And people are becoming so hopeless with yeah. what they see on television. Right? Sure. So we need to be able to inspire hope and get people to know that God is alive and working through his people today. Mm, absolutely. We're speaking with Natalie Wood. She's the executive director of Catholic Charities of Oregon and Ed Longwa, the new communications director of Catholic Charities. Ed, you've been out over the course of time throughout the Archdiocese of Portland, seeing these stories and seeing some of the need that is out there. We talked about the wildfires several years ago, the homeless issues that are out there. There is a lot there. David, it it, uh, is something that will go on and on, and I've been impressed by the innovation of, of agencies like Catholic Charities to respond. I think of Save First Financial Services, which I know is well known to modern day sure. listeners. What a neat response to uh, the need to to not only have find homes for people, but once they once they're there, to be able to sustain themselves and sustain their finances. There's a lot of background work. The homelessness issue in the Portland area, Eugene area, of course, is at the top of people's minds, and I think Catholic Charities is a great partner in trying to uh, attack that with our local governments and that that's probably going to be a, a focus locally for a long time yeah in fact we were just did a news story earlier this week about the oregon legislature is in session now will there be any connection with the legislature at all does catholic charities work with with the legislature anything going on there well we advocate is what we do and so we will share information we will go in and let them know what we're experiencing, what we're seeing, what the gospel calls us to do. Right. Right. Those are the kinds of things that we do. So we're involved more on an advocacy level. Mm-hmm. That's great to know. And then some of the organizations here in town that I know you know of well, too, Ed, like the Blanche House and the work that they're doing and the stories that are there. Catholic Charities would like to help tell stories of places like Blanche House and uh, Blanche Farm and many of our great partners out there doing good work. And I think all of us together, uh, Natalie has talked about being an advocate, but also being um, an educator of of sorts, helping uh, develop the thinking on outreach to to people on the margin. So someday we hope to have speakers or discussions. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've got something 
coming up soon about uh, the, the centrality of, of charity in, in the, the teaching of Pope Benedict that's going to happen on February 2nd. Things like that to affect people's hearts and their thinking as a way of supporting this great work. Mm, beautiful. And as we are in the new year, 2023, Natalie, any things that you're going to be focusing on as we as we get into the new year? Catholic Charities is really working hard on continuing to expand its services and continuing to increase the amount of impact that we can have on people's lives to further integrate our services. You know, at Catholic Charities, we say there is no wrong door. You come in and any service that is available within our agency, if you have the need, we will step up to be there for you. And just increasing that capacity to be able to do that is so important to us. Yeah, that's wonderful. Ed, you mentioned it too about Mater Day Radio and the connection that we have, not only that we had with the Catholic Sentinel newspaper, but with Catholic Charities and making that grow. And I think that's one of the things that we're really excited about with having Ed on board now is continuing that connection. And hopefully through these interviews that we're doing on a monthly basis, we can continue to tell more stories about Catholic Charities and and what you're doing. And I I know, Ed, you'll be a big conduit for that. Thank you, David. Ever since we lived in caves, sitting around telling stories has been a really important part of defining who we are and where we're going. So I really appreciate that you're you're the chief caveman here, David. <laughs> so we, we appreciate that to, to keep this storytelling going about our faith. Yeah, we are looking forward to that. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, and Ed Longwa, the new Communications Director of Catholic Charities. Well, thank you both. Really appreciate what you do, and I'm looking forward to, Natalie, a wonderful relationship here in the new year. Oh, me too. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. And Ed, we'll get you back on. I can't wait. Thanks, David. All right. God bless you both. Thank you. God bless you. And it is 723 here at Mater Day Radio. Boy, David, when we found out that uh, Ed was going to take that position, we realized that our ability to talk with him into the future was not going to end when the Sentinel closed. So yeah. congratulations to them and uh, to, to Ed and, of course, to Catholic Charities of Oregon. They got a great great person oh, in that yeah. position now. Ed, as he mentioned in the interview, he's such a great storyteller, and so you're just going to hear more about the wonderful works of Catholic Charities of Oregon. Well, if you want to listen to that podcast again and listen to more details about what Catholic Charities of Oregon is doing, well, listen to the podcast. That interview will be made into a podcast right after the show. You're going to be able to access it on our webpage at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Join thousands of pro-life advocates for the Oregon March for Life on Saturday afternoon, January 28th at the Oregon State Capitol in Salem. The band will begin playing at 2.15 and speakers start at 2.30 followed by the march. It's the first Oregon March for Life since the overturning of Roe vs. Wade and your presence is powerful. 
Oregon Right to Life advocates for the most vulnerable human beings whose right to life is denied or abridged under current law and works to reestablish protection for all innocent human life from conception to natural death. Join the Oregon March for Life on Saturday afternoon, January 28th at the Oregon State Capitol in Salem. To register and get more details on the big event, including parking information, go online to ortl.org slash march. That's ortl.org slash march. Make your stand for life with Oregon Right to Life. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. We'll have a report on union membership across the country. That's coming up in the news. And is there life on another planet? Vatican astronomers say a newly found solar system has the potential. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news three minutes. Here is Chris Bray, beloved child of God. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. You have been running till now. Will you surrender? I'm calling you by my love. Will you answer? There's nothing that you can do that severs my love from you. So won't you come near to me? Just when you have given in, overtaken by a sin, you just need to know you are the other child of God. Overwhelmed and overcome, it's not too late, sin has not won. You just need to know you are the other child. Receive forgiveness I paid the price by my life Just believe it No matter what you have done And my strength you can't overcome So won't you confide in me Just when you have given in Overtaken by a sin You just need to know you are the child of God Just when you have given in over 
That is Chris Bray, beloved child of God. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, the first post-row vigil for life mass at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. Thursday evening was a standing room only event for many as the upper church filled to its 9,000 seat capacity. USCCB Pro-Life Committee Chair Bishop Michael Burbridge of Arlington, Virginia, told the families, college students, and young people gathered from across the country that a new, important phase of work in the pro-life movement begins now. He urged those gathered in prayer who would be marching in the 2023 March for Life today to communicate the love of God in their public witness for the unborn. The annual event began with a greeting from Pope Francis read by Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. The Holy Father wrote of his deep gratitude for the faithful witness shown publicly over the years by all who promote and defend the right to life of the most innocent and vulnerable members of our human family. And a potential habitable Earth-sized planet has been discovered, NASA announced last week. Now, Catholic scientists from the Vatican Observatory and Benedictine College hailed the discovery of the planet named TOI-700E as exciting and a testament to the marvels of God's creation. And the scientists noted, however, that the newly discovered planet is not another Earth, which remains the only planet where life is known to exist. TOI 700E is rocky, 95% of the size of Earth, and within the distance from its sun where liquid water could occur, according to the NASA press release. According to Christopher Graney, a scientist at the Vatican Observatory, this system is a very different place, though, from our solar system. The sun is smaller in size and cooler in temperature. Graney told Catholic News Agency that there's not enough data yet to say conclusively if there is life in that solar system. And Christopher Shingledecker, a researcher and physics and astronomy professor at Catholic Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, also cautioned that the potential for water does not necessarily mean TOI 700E 
has life. All right. They're going like to have to come up, though, with a better name yeah. than that. That doesn't Something roll easier. off the tongue yes. very easily. About uh, Colorado. Oh, there you it's go. Because he says kind of rocky and things. Oh, yeah, I know. like hey, that. Huh? That makes sense. Or Colorado, too. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, interesting numbers when it comes to union membership across the U.S. The Labor Department released its report that shows union members fell to 10.1 percent of the overall U.S. workforce last year. That was down slightly from 10.3% in 2021. Now, the numbers are somewhat deceiving as the number of workers belonging to a union actually increased by 1.9%. That's the biggest gain since 2015. It just failed to keep pace with the higher overall employment gains. Now, the biggest gains came from the addition of over 100,000 new union-represented workers in the fields of leisure and hospitality. You may recall Starbucks' efforts to unionize. Mm -hmm. So the share of Oregon workers represented by a union stands just a little below 17%. Public sector workers like police and teachers had the highest unionization rates last year. Well, Google's parent company, Alpha Inc., said... They are cutting jobs, about 12,000 of them, 6% of its workforce, adding to the slew of major U.S. tech companies cutting jobs amid fears of an oncoming recession. Now, the web search and video sharing platform will offer U.S.-based employees 16 weeks of severance pay plus two weeks for each additional year they've worked at Google. Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai said in a memo posted on Google's blog Friday that an email had already been sent to U.S. employees who will be affected by the layoff. The process for international employees will take a little longer due to local laws and practices. Alphabet said faced a different economic reality from the past two years, he said, when it rapidly expanded headcount, decisions for which share said he takes full responsibility All right. another company yeah. that's just incredible so like almost every day it seems like we're another hearing tech company yeah. laying off well strikes disrupted train service flights schools and businesses in france on thursday as labor unions led huge protests against the government's plans to raise the retirement age for most workers protests in major cities french cities including paris marseille and nice brought many transport services to a standstill. The Eiffel Tower was closed to visitors. Eight of the biggest unions had called for a first day of strikes and protest against pension reforms unveiled by President Emmanuel Macron's government. The legislation will require French citizens to work until 64 from 62 currently to qualify for full state pension. Macron's proposed pension reforms come as workers in France, as elsewhere, are being squeezed by rising food and energy bills. Nurses and ambulance drivers in the United Kingdom also went on strike Thursday over pay and working conditions. Well, T-Mobile, the number three U.S. wireless carrier by subscribers, said Thursday it was investigating a data breach involving 37 million postpaid and prepaid accounts and that it could incur significant costs related to the incident. Now, the company, which has more than 110 million subscribers, said it identified malicious activity 
on January 5th and contained it within a day, adding that no sensitive data such as financial information was compromised. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission has opened an investigation into the data breach. Now, last year, T-Mobile agreed to pay $350 million and spend an additional $150 million to upgrade data security to settle litigation over a cyber attack in 2021 that compromised information belonging to an estimated 76.6 76.6 million people. Now, this Bellevue, Washington-based company shares fell 2% in after-hours trading. All right. Have you ever been up through Bellevue and seen the T-Mobile campus? Uh, I've actually stayed in Bellevue at a hotel there. Beautiful yeah. area. It is. It's Bellevue's real nice area, of yeah. course, just, I guess, what, east of Seattle, Seattle kind yep. of southeast. The T-Mobile like campus, though, it is uh, lit up in pink, mm. like a shining star of yeah. pink just right off the freeway. Multiple buildings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Bellevue's a very nice area. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, sports, well, not a great home night for the Portland Trailblazers going up against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Blazers falling to the Philadelphia 76ers, 105-95. to It was really the first half that did Portland in. At the break, the Blazers trailed 57-34. to It was an uphill climb from there. Portland will now try to regroup, get set to host the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday evening. In the college ranks, University of Portland women had a nice road win, playing down at St. Mary's, winning at 64-41, to proving their record to 7-1 in West Coast Conference play. Pilot men playing at Charles center they got a win as well they defeated san diego 88 to 83 oregon state man not so much they were at stanford they got thumped by the cardinals 67 to 46 and this shocker mm. sixth ranked gonzaga yes falls to loyola marymount 68 to 67 snapping the bulldogs 76 game home winning streak uh, the- that is amazing. One point. One point. Oh, I bet that crowd was wild. I'll bet you it was. And the yeah. heartbreak. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's an amazing streak. 76 home games in a row. All right. Well, yeah. set the clock back I, to zero. Yeah, I guess it had to end sometime. That's for sure. Well, just days before the March for Life activities began, the Holy See announced that participants at the March for Life can receive a plenary indulgence. The opportunity to receive an indulgence is open to all those who attend the events in person, as well as those who cannot attend and attend only virtually due to age, illness, or other condition. Now, Bishop David O'Connell of the Diocese of Trenton outlined the steps needed to receive an indulgence in announcement to his diocese. Now, he noted that the Apostolic Penitentiary of the Holy See approved a plenary indulgence on January 17th. And along with attendance at the event, either virtual or in person, the faithful must fulfill three other conditions as well as approaching them with the intention of personal detachment from sin. Now, the first condition is that the faithful must seek reconciliation through the sacrament of confession. Secondly, they must receive the Holy Eucharist. And the third condition is for the faithful to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. Now, these conditions must be met within 20 days of receiving a plenary indulgence. Now, these criteria are extended a bit to accommodate those who can only attend the March for Life virtually, 
For example, instead of completing a three, the three mentioned steps in 20 days, they've extended that to as soon as one is able. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, if you're down in the southern area today at one o'clock is an interfaith panel discussion, Encountering God in the Margins. It's happening at Mount Angel Abbey Library Auditorium. The Mount Angel Institute invites all to an interfaith panel discussion on the theme of the dignity of life, especially when the context of prison ministry and beyond. And remember, you can find details on these and other events Just head over to our community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at matradayradio.com. You can also access it on the Hail Mary media app. Lois Anderson, Right to Life, joins the Morning Blend right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 743 at Day Radio. Well, we have been watching the fog roll in this morning, at least where we're at. And there is a fog out. There is foggy out there in many locations. So be careful driving. Chilly today as well. Just a high of 46 degrees. May see a little sunshine later today. Cold again tonight. Low of 32 and then about a 60% chance of showers for Saturday. Currently it is 36 degrees at St. John Fisher Catholic Church in Portland. And 31 degrees at St. Paul Church in Eugene. Well, our Catholic community, we've never wavered in our stance to protect the lives of the most vulnerable. That's from the moment of their conception to natural death. Oregon Right to Life works to reestablish protection for all innocent human life. And part of their work, well, that includes the annual Walk for Life in Salem, and it's coming up real soon. Now, with the recent decision by the Supreme Court on the Dobbs case, well, how will that affect this year's march? Joining me today to let us know exactly what's happening, it is the Executive Director of Oregon Right to Life, Lois Anderson. Good morning, Lois. It is great to have you again on the show. Well, good morning. I'm always happy to be here. Well, the Dobbs case, I mean, that was such a huge decision overturning Roe versus Wade. And what a huge win for the pro-life movement. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about how you felt 
just kind of holding your breath and waiting as that decision was made? Well, it's interesting to think about um, this time last year when we were hopeful and anticipating, but also guarded because um, there have been times before when we anticipated uh, either overturn of Roe v. Wade, I know back in 1992, or even um, a good decision, a good pro-life decision, and we're disappointed. So I think that we were feeling both of those um, uh, emotions and had both of those thoughts. And so the the uh, wonderful celebration of one year later, knowing that um, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, that we no longer have that that weight that was on us from that from that decision, the limitations that it placed on Americans and and how we could act uh, through our elected representatives to protect protect the unborn. It's just um, every once in a while I catch myself remembering that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very, it's very exciting as we lead into um, our first post row March for life. We definitely will be celebrating that uh, there is no more Roe v. Wade, but I think it's important for us to also continue to remember that um, more than 64 million unborn babies lost their lives under Roe v. Wade. And unfortunately, there are still unborn babies that are losing their lives to abortion um, and and mothers who are making that choice and suffering the consequences from that from that decision to end the life of their child. And so uh, we will we will also have the somber moment. And no doubt things can be overcome if we join our prayers and our voices. That's exactly what you will be able to do at this year's annual Walk for Life coming up in Salem. Well, we know about the results of that case, and it did turn decisions back over to the state. Well, and now we also know our fight. Well, it does continue. So will that make a difference then? You said it will be a celebratory march, but is the focus going to still be there or in a different way? Well, um, one of one of the focuses that we will have, I mean, we are going to be at the Capitol and we will be um, joined. Our MC is a brand new uh, pro-life legislator um, from the Woodburn and Salem area. And hopefully we'll be joined by some legislators. They just started their session. Uh, so for, for many of them, they, they need to go home <laughs> for the weekend. But we hope that um, we will have some there. So there will be a focus on how important it is for us to continue to propose bills, to continue to communicate with our legislators how important it is to protect the unborn. That will be a part of uh, what we talk about and what we encourage people to do. We will also be focusing on how we each have an individual responsibility that while in Oregon, we will wait a while longer for those laws to pass. Um, we celebrate with states like Oklahoma and Mississippi and, and Idaho, even um, Texas, who have passed protective laws. Nebraska is about to, um, uh, they're working on a heartbeat bill. Um, we will continue to work so that Oregon will be that place 
in the future. In the meantime, though, um, we we have an individual opportunity within our own churches, our communities, our families to impact um, mothers who are unexpectedly pregnant and perhaps are not supported in continuing their pregnancy and choosing life for their child. Um, it's our responsibility to know where the resources are in our community. Maybe even we need to be one of those resources, supporting our pregnancy centers, supporting um, housing, food banks, clothing um, swaps, all of the things that we know that, that um, mothers need and also that they may be thinking about um, and maybe feeling the pressure that they don't have what it takes to raise a child. We can individually make a difference and save those lives. Well, the March is coming up very soon. Lois, tell us what do we need to know in order to join our voices together at this year's Walk for Life in Salem? Well, the band starts at 215. Um, you're welcome to come earlier than that. It's fun to come. We will have um, tables representing uh, pro-life groups, information from our Education Foundation, and it's uh, just a fun time to be together. Our program will begin at 2.30, where we will kick it off where we'll hear from um, Archbishop Sample. And then uh, we'll have speakers for a little bit less than an hour. So um, dress for varied weather. We know it's Oregon, so it can be sunny one minute and rainy the next. So we'll have the program. We'll go for a little bit less than an hour. And then we will join together and march around the Capitol. But we do have information on our website, some maps where parking is and additional information about the program. And just come prepared to join your voices and if you would like to bring a sign, we will have signs available. We have some sign ideas on our social media. We really ask that people um, bring encouraging, positive signs. And uh, many times we have women and men in the crowd who have been impacted by abortion. And so we want to be encouraging and loving mm. toward them. And uh, also toward all of the people that are going to be seeing us, hopefully, in their cars as we march through Salem and around the Capitol. Well, it's going to be such a great day there, Lois, on Saturday, January 28th. Join your voices along with so many others and support our prayer for an end of abortion. Well, Lois, before we go, you do have a couple of other events coming up. While the March for Life is a big focus, your work continues all year long. The Together We Advocate conference is coming up along with the Launch Pro-Life Group. Tell us about both those. Yeah, we have a, a wonderful all-day conference coming up March 4th in Tualatin at Rolling Hills Community Church. We have a wonderful slate of speakers in our general sessions, including Dr. Delgado, who was one of the doctors that developed the abortion pill reversal treatment, which um, it can save the life of a baby even after a mother has taken the abortion pill, which is a very important information for every pro-lifer to know. And uh, just the whole day is full of workshops and a wonderful networking. So you can register. The registration is open. We have early bird registration um, happening through February 4th, and it's online on our website. And then our um, applications are open for our pro-life student leadership retreat called Launch. It happens during spring breaks, the end of March. It's four days and three nights. 
of um, training, we bring out Emily Albrecht, who is an incredible teacher and speaker from the Equal Rights Institute. And um, she spends two days with the students. We also have some field trips planned um, to a pregnancy center and the Capitol. And it's just a really great opportunity for students age 16 through 21 to be um, equipped and inspired to be pro-life leaders, not future pro-life leaders. They're already pro-life leaders. Oh. And that's the um, the intent of the retreat. I love that. They are the current pro-life leaders in the same way. They are not the future of the church. They are the now of the church. So what That's a wonderful right. opportunity for young people, again, ages 16 to 21. Well, again, as we close, Lois, I thank you for your time. Remind our listeners again of the website that's going to give them all the information for January 28th. It's um ortl.org or if you google Oregon Right to Life it will pop up. If you would prefer you can always call our office at 503-463-8563 and we would love to talk with you as well. Well fantastic. Lois thank you so much for your time today. The whole community we pray for you. We pray for continued successes in the pro-life movement and we pray for all those gathered at the Walk for Life in Salem. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. It's always a great opportunity to be on with you. And again, that is Lois Anderson. She is the executive director of the Oregon Right to Life. The march is coming up on Saturday, January 28th. I will be sure to add links that Lois was talking about, including that phone number in order to find out more details about it. You can find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. It is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. Going to do a little garage cleaning this weekend. Maybe have an old vehicle in that garage you'd like to get rid of. How about Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program? If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that to our vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, website click on the Get Involved menu. It'll take you to the main page. Really a quick and easy process and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Materday Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support from Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, actor Alec Baldwin faces charges following an accidental shooting death on set. We'll have the details in the news. And a New York man broke into a school, stole their food and water, then helped himself to their snowblower. As punishment, got tickets to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you how we manage that coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. No one said the life of a martyr, let alone Christian, would be easy in the early church. Sebastian wasn't an exception. Born in the mid-3rd century, Sebastian showed promise as a soldier under the command of Emperor Diocletian. His known bravery eventually led to his promotion in the year 283 to captain of the Praetorian Guards, the top Roman security of the emperor himself. There was only one secret Sebastian had to protect at all costs. He was a devout Christian. Diocletian was by no means a fan of Christianity and was simply known as a martyr maker to so many Christians. Sebastian didn't join the high-ranking military to suppress his fellow Christians or even because he believed in what the emperor was doing, but rather to be a double agent to assist martyrs and those persecuted in the faith. Throughout his time as a Praetorian guard, he would regularly visit those arrested in the name of Jesus, bringing them comfort and affirmation, healing and peace. Tradition says he was able to heal the mute wife of a guard who seeked conversion by making the sign of the cross over her. Sebastian was also responsible for the conversion of many guards and a Roman prefect. Three years into service, the secret he would take to his grave was discovered. Unfortunately, the grave would come for Sebastian sooner than later, but God was still working through his witness. The once glorified soldier and guard was accused of betrayal to his empire and even worse, his emperor. He was tied to a post and archers littered him with their arrows. There was no way he could survive and was left to die. Plot twist, he didn't. Irene of Rome, another future saint, intended to take down the martyr's body to have a proper burial. She was amazed to find him still barely breathing and alive. She cut him loose, took him back to her home and nursed him to help. Sebastian then caught word of the emperor's visit and went to greet his persecutor, calling him out to seize Christian persecution and repent of his sins. After collecting himself from seeing a ghost, the emperor demanded Sebastian this time be beaten to death and then tossed into the sewer. This time, Sebastian didn't return and joined the Holy Order of Martyrs in the year 288. His body was recovered again in secret and was laid to rest in the catacombs. Surprisingly, Saint Sebastian is known as the patron saint against plagues, and his story was celebrated throughout the Middle Ages. It was taught by the Romans that Apollo would occasionally rain down plague arrows onto the people and strike them down for this, that, and the other. But Saint Sebastian wasn't struck down by the arrows. They had no power over him, for he didn't serve the Roman gods, but rather the Christian God who was triumphant over death. Let us to remember that the God we lovingly serve is the one true God, the conqueror over sin and death. 
He doesn't abandon us, but rather recklessly abandons everything for us and calls us to do the same. St. Sebastian, pray for us. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, will open horizons and hearts, Pope Francis said in a video message to the young adults who will attend the international gathering in August. He said at this meeting during World Youth Day, learn to always look toward the horizon, to always look beyond. Don't put a wall in front of your life, the Pope encouraged. Now, Pope Francis sent the video message on January 20th. It's fewer than 200 days before World Youth Day 2023 in Portugal's capital city on August 1st to the 6th. Now, organizers met with Pope Francis and Vatican officials in Rome this week to discuss final preparations for the six-day gathering, which expects to see hundreds of thousands of participants. In his January 20th video message, Pope Francis noted that 400,000 young people have already registered to attend the event. Yeah, that's quite a few. Now, there is still time to register and attend World Youth Day with Archbishop Sample and a group here from Portland. All right. That pilgrimage is sent July 29th to August 7th. The deadline to register, January 27th. Maybe they'd like to take me along and I can do live remotes. Please do. From the scene. Yeah, I, you'd love Lisbon. Oh, believe me. I don't know if you'd like it with 400,000 young yeah. people in attendance, but you would love Lisbon. Beautiful area, that's for sure. Well, Actor Alec Baldwin and armor Hannah Gutierrez-Reed will be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter for the 2021 fatal shooting on the New York-Mexico set, or the New Mexico set, excuse me, of the film Rust, official set on Thursday. The announcement out of Santa Fe District Attorney's Office came Thursday morning in a written statement shared with media. First Assistant Director David Halls has already agreed to plead guilty for the charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. Helena Hutchins was working as a cinematographer on the Western when she was shot and killed by the film star Baldwin during an accident while he was practicing using a Colt 45 revolver on set. Director Joel Souza was also injured in the shooting. No charges will be filed in that shooting of Souza. Now, if Baldwin or Gutierrez-Reed are found guilty, they could face jail time. This is such a, a sad yeah. series of events, and I know the court system will work that out for the victim's family. Boy, it, it, it just is sad. That's th- all you can say. I think a lot of people were surprised that they announced charges. I, I, I was too. Yeah. I thought that he had been cleared previously, mm-hmm. but I guess as the investigation continued, uh, so we'll see. Yeah. We will see. Well, after more than three years of discussions and negotiations, the State Department of Natural Resources in Washington on Tuesday approved the transfer of 80-acre property southwest of Yakult to Clark County. The land is to be transferred located between the Hantwick Trailhead, that's east of Lucia Falls Regional Park and Moulton Falls Regional Park, 
Park. This new plot will also become a park. Hmm. County efforts to transfer the property began in December of 2019 when the county signed a letter of intent to purchase. On a sunny afternoon, yeah. pack a lunch, mm-hmm. get some walking gear on, and head over there. It's it's not far. It's still in Clark County, yeah. just kind of on the north end and maybe a little inland more than Vancouver, maybe more yeah. to the east. Incredible river. How do you get there? Uh, well, you t- go north on Clark County. I want to say it's... Uh, uh, not 217. It's it's like 117. And you take it as far as you can go, and then you'll start to really head north of Battleground and out of the city. All right. And then you head east into uh, towards the Occult. It's an incredible river. Yeah, Rushing clear blue water. Right. There's a waterfall, and uh, you can hike You know along the uh, big rocks there on mm-hmm. the river. Uh, riverbed and then you can go around on a trail there's a footbridge that goes over the water right and uh, you just hike all the way up into some beautifully manicured trails it's a great afternoon so essentially northeast of vancouver northeast of vancouver all right yeah, yeah. Sounds it, nice. it's absolutely beautiful yeah. we've been taking our kids there well basically since they were yeah. little little very nice well this is a pretty remarkable story the Colombian Navy rescued a man from Dominica who says he survived 24 days adrift in the Caribbean on a sailboat by eating ketchup, garlic powder, and seasoning cubes. <laughs> Sounds mm. like my dinner. <laughs> yeah. 47-year-old Elvis Francois had scrawled the word help in English on the boat's hull, which officials said was key to his rescue. The sailboat was spotted from the air 120 nautical miles and Francois was taken to the port city of Cartagena by a passing container ship, according to the Colombian Navy. Francois told Colombian authorities that his ordeal began in December when currents swept the sailboat out to sea while he was making repairs off the island of St. Martin in the Netherlands Antilles, where he lives. Francois says at some point he lost hope and thought about his family, but said if it weren't for the Coast Guard, he wouldn't be telling his story. Wow. That's amazing. That, that's a new, I mean, he's in a sailboat, yeah. so it seems like... I think he must have lost power or something happened there. And something it just happened. I don't know how boats work. Sent him adrift. Well, T-Mobile, the number three U.S. wireless carrier by subscribers, said Thursday it was investigating a data breach involving 37 million postpaid and prepaid accounts that it could incur significant costs related to the incident. Now, the company, which has more than 110 million subscribers, said it identified malicious activity on January 5th, contained it within a day, adding that no sensitive data, such as financial information, was compromised. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission has opened an investigation into the data breach. You know, last year, T-Mobile agreed to pay $350 million to spend an additional $150 million to upgrade data security to settle litigation over a previous cyber attack. Well, in sports, it is down to the final eight teams in the NFL playoffs with divisional round games set for this weekend. So tomorrow at 1.30, Kansas City Chiefs host the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's on NBC. That will be followed by the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. That's 5.15 tomorrow evening. That'll be televised on Fox. 
Noon on Sunday, the Bills face the Cincinnati Bengals in Buffalo, the game televised on CBS. Then at 3.30, this is the one I'm looking forward to right here, 3.30 uh-huh. Sunday. Don't bother me. Don't I'm call gonna, me. Okay. Don't do anything. San Francisco, the 49ers <laughs> hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys! Hey, hey who's that? Ooh, David, yeah, you I and Pat it. Ryan. You're going to have to throw down here later. I know. That's going to be a good one. So the Niners and the Cowboys, I mean, they have a history in the I playoffs. Think so. It goes back. I, was, I, I think I was reading maybe nine times they've met. In, in, the, the in, in the playoffs, yeah. So uh, just another one of their historic meetings. And, of course, everyone, in, in fact, Patrick probably remembers The Catch. The Catch. The Catch, yes. Okay. That was uh, Joe Montana uh-huh. at the time. Jerry Rice? No, it was uh, – I can't, can't think of the guy's name now. But, okay. Yeah, anyway. What's your prediction for the score, David? Ooh, I don't know. It's it's going to be a tight game. It's, okay. Kind of, kind of a toss-up, I have a feeling. All right. Yeah, so Should we'll be see. a good one to watch. It'll be a good one. Well, first he broke into a school, stole their food, blankets, and water. Now he's going to the big game. Well, that's <laughs> yes. because a man who may have saved the lives of 24 people by breaking into a school in Chictawaga... It's up in not, that's in upstate New York during the worst storm in a generation. He has been given tickets to the Super Bowl by his hometown. Jay Withy, the 27-year-old mechanic and hero, received the award for his life-saving actions from the Buffalo Bills collaboration with Blue Cross Blue Shield. The legendary former Bills running back Thurman Thompson personally delivered the surprise to Withy on Friday. Now, Jay broke a window of Edge Academy on Christmas Eve in order to get two dozen people, including several senior citizens and two dogs, out of hurricane force wind, snow, deathly cold Mm. temperatures. Then he borrowed the Academy's snowblower to get people unstuck from the roads and into the school. Now, once inside, he found granola bars, water and blankets in the nurse's office and gathered apples, juice, and cereal from the kitchen. The group sat out the storm, and before leaving, well, they cleaned up every trace of their presence. In fact, one of the group members, Mario Johnson, he went back to the school to replace their stock of granola bars and to inquire about the cost of the broken window. Well, the school declined to press any charges, nor would they accept any of Mario's repeated attempts to pay for the window he said, they were just happy we were safe and uh, warm. That's a great story. Isn't that great yeah. story? So Very cool. Great, great work from this team. Joe Montana to Dwight Clark. Oh. That was the catch. That was the yeah. catch. I, I take it 49ers won. They did win <laughs> in, on the last second. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, here's for your calendar next week, January 27th and 28th. It is the RC Challenge 2023. You know what that is, David? The RC Challenge. I think I do. It's the Roman Catholic Challenge. That's right. It's happening at Aquinas Hall at Holy Rosary Parish. Come and see and support this exciting Jeopardy-style competition in which teams of 5th to 12th graders demonstrate their knowledge of the faith 
Through their preparation and competition, the youth, parents, coaches, and teachers can rediscover a rich and extensive body of Catholic knowledge. You can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, you're going to hear why ordinary time is not that ordinary. That's right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Matraday Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. Send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matudayradio.com. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? The easiest way is Monterey Radio's Marian calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at MontredayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork uplifting messages of faith, and a full listing of all Our Lady's feast days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary media app or MontredayRadio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 814 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, as the sun comes up, we can see that fog filling the valley. Uh, it's posted until 11 a.m. today. Now, visibilities in some area quap- dropped quite a bit. But later today, skies will become partly sunny. Daytime temperatures will top out in the mid-40s. Then overnight, well, we are cooling way down to the low 30s. So looking ahead to the weekend, some passing afternoon clouds tomorrow could drop a few showers. Then going to clear out by Sunday. Highs on both days to the low to mid 40s. All right. 36 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Kaiser. And it is 36 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground. Well, she is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30, right here on Mater Day Radio, or anytime on your Hail Mary Media app. She is also the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. Happy New Year, Miriam! Happy New Year. Hey, it's great to be on with you this morning. Well, here we are in the New Year. you have any New Year's resolutions? Let's see, be a saint? <laughs> ah, there you go. That's a good one. 
Hey, step by step. That's the the resolution is just again to stay the course and uh, just keep following where the Lord wants to lead me. You know, when I watched over the Christmas season, it was it happened to be on TV. It kind of caught me by surprise. The Chosen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. They've just started season three as well. We're about halfway through it, and it is just wonderful. Yeah, for listeners who haven't checked it out yet, it is not too late. Definitely check out The Chosen. And this was a special Chosen episode. It was on the birth of Jesus. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was very good because I I know you had told me about it, and so it's like I came across it's like oh I'm going to watch it, and it was it was very good. So uh, thanks for giving me the heads up on that. I really enjoyed it. Happy so. to. Yeah. Well. Again, ordinary time now. We've gotten through the holiday season, the Christmas season. We enter ordinary time on the church calendar, but I think you and I would both agree that it's not really ordinary time if you choose to make it that way. Isn't that so true? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a little bit of a misnomer just because uh, we call it ordinary just to really indicate that these are the numbered weeks kind of leading us through the liturgical year. But really, it's the... uh, a time of continued growth and conversion. Um, and so it's definitely not seasons where we want to press pause on our spiritual lives. That's very important, or else the color wouldn't be green in the vestments. Right, that green is it's a, Exactly. So a constant invitation to, to deeper conversion. Um, you know, we hear... We'll hear a lot about um, in the Gospels about Jesus's ministry, his teachings. What do we need to to know to live these days well, uh, day after day? Um, and really, the church spends more time in ordinary time than any other part of the liturgical year. We have a little stretch of it here between Christmas and the start of Lent. So we've got Ash Wednesday on February 22nd this year. Then we'll pick up ordinary time again. That's a long stretch right. uh, after Pentecost up until Advent. So really just a, a great time to just, um, you know, look at just kind of where our life is grounded. And David, as I was preparing for our conversation, I went to um, the Gospel of Luke, actually. I mm. I was reflecting on the the last, really glimpse we see of Jesus before um, he enters into that sort of the, what we call the hidden years, the quiet years of Nazareth, because of course then he emerges from that around age 30 to begin his earthly ministry. But there's that whole stretch of time where he's living and working in Nazareth. Right. Okay, The last really story we have is when Jesus is accidentally left behind in the temple yes, that's <laughs> and right, yeah. his parents come back and, and he's 12 years old at the time. And he says to Mary and Joseph, well, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And those are those kind of his last words before, again, the, the evangelist Luke tells us, and then, you know, he goes back to Nazareth, and mm-hmm. Jesus advances in wisdom and age. And I was sitting with that and thinking, you know, as, as we enter into those seasons that are maybe a little more quiet or hidden or, or just feel more ordinary, do we uh, sort of reflect on, have we emerged from the Father's house? Mm. Or is that where really the, the source is? Because for, for Jesus, it was so clear. Well, yes, this is, this is where I was going to be. So I was thinking about that in terms of our own lives, like uh, especially with what's at the, at the center of, of our life. What are we 
how are we entering into these this season of ordinary time? Are we emerging from our Father's house? Well, where else would we be? Are we coming from a place of worship and of prayer, of uh, relationship with God? I think of the Eucharist, too. Yeah. You know, is that the, the house that we're coming out of and, and moving through this season? So it was just an image to sit with, um, again, before Jesus enters this quiet time in Nazareth, um, it all comes from him spending that time in his father's house. Yeah. You know, it just, as you're talking about that, something just really struck me, talking about that quiet time from the last time we hear about Jesus as as the youth, and then again as he emerges into his ministry, yeah. and that time period, and, and you wonder what was going on at that time, and he was living his life, probably interacting with people in Nazareth, but how was he acting? And it makes you think of, okay, how am I acting? And, you know, what am I reflecting out into the world? And what was Jesus reflecting out into the world in, quote, that quiet time? You get what I'm saying there? I do, and I, I'm so glad you raised that, because what when we really reflect, this is Jesus, this is we're talking the second person of the Trinity who comes to dwell among us. And he, what does he do? He, he cooks food. Yeah. He sweeps the floor. He toils. He works. He, and and what, what happens here is he opens up this extraordinary possibility, really, to show how these, these smallest of actions and gestures and deeds, and that they can be sanctified. That he he shows us that these are these are holy moments as well. That yes, even in the course of ordinary daily life, the fact that God enters into into those moments and shows us how to to live out just the, extraordinarily yeah. um, in, in the course of the in that daily work, um, the the possibilities that open up there are just wonderful because we realize there's no missed opportunity to grow in holiness. There's right. no missed chance to grow and to um, deepen our friendship with God, Does that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and every person that you encounter every day, what are you reflecting when you encounter people, when you are working, when you're in the store, when you're shopping, whatever you're doing, right. what are you reflecting into the world? Right. And we don't need to wait for kind of the those... Um, Perhaps people might say, oh, they're really exciting seasons like Advent or Christmas or Easter. No, let's not wait for those seasons. That's what I love about ordinary time. You know, I've shared this with you that I do have a soft spot for this season because this is where God worked in a particularly powerful way in my own life was just in the most unexpected kind of ordinary moment. Mm So I know it's possible, but the 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 idea here is we we mustn't wait until kind of the next sort of exciting season no 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 this is where it's lived out the way that jesus lived out his his life in that quietness in that the hiddenness of nazareth right that's where things were happening and it's no different for us just like you say um we can continue to reflect that life that love of christ just throughout the day throughout the year well, and wasn't it uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, just kind of the little way? Exactly. And and it's so encouraging, isn't it? Because if it were not the little way, I, I think we would very quickly just, we wouldn't know where to start, David. We That's wouldn't, right. we would just kind of get discouraged immediately. Because, yes. <laughs> because really, truly, life is lived out in these little ways. I just find a great hope in that, that Jesus himself provides the blueprint for that by his own 
own life to say, hey, this is where you grow in holiness. This is where it happens. And don't wait. Don't wait for it the next season or just don't put it off. This is, this is where it happens. That's right. Well, it may be ordinary time on the calendar, but it's not really ordinary. She is Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, heard Wednesday evening, 7.30, right here on Mater Day Radio, anytime on your Hail Mary Media app, and the wonderful Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. Miriam, thanks for your thoughts on Ordinary Time. Always appreciate it. Go out there, and uh, we'll all have a wonderful day. It's great to speak with you. Have a blessed day. All right. God bless. And it is 8.24 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, you can have a wonderful day and find some great events to get to today well, and all through the weekend. Head over to our community calendar. It is full of wonderful events to help you really live that ordinary time of the calendar, really deep in your faith. Deb has it filled up with things that you can do today, tomorrow, through the weekend and all the way to the end of the month. If you have a special event, please let Deborah know and she'll be sure to get it on the community calendar. You can find it materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support from Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we'll have new numbers in the U.S. on union membership. That's in the news. And it was standing room only as thousands fill the sanctuary at the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., ahead of the March for Life. I'll have details for you coming up in news. Here is Blanca and her song, Echo. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend, right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Blanca and Echo. It's 8.30 at Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the first post-row vigil for life mass at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., Thursday evening was a standing room only event for many as the upper church filled to its 900 seat capacity. USCCB Pro-Life Committee Chair Bishop Michael Burbridge of Arlington, Virginia, told the families, college students, and young people gathered from across the country that a new, important phase of work in the pro-life movement begins now. He urged those gathered in prayer who would be marching in the 2023 March for Life on Friday to communicate the love of God in their public witness for the unborn. Now, the annual event began with a greeting from Pope Francis, read by Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. Now, the Holy Father wrote of his deep gratitude for the faithful witness to show publicly over the years by all who promote and defend the right to life. And World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, will open horizons and hearts, Pope Francis said in a video message to the young adults who will attend the international gathering in August. He said at this meeting during World Youth Day, learn to always look toward the horizon, to always look beyond. Do not put a wall in front of your life, the Pope encouraged. Now, Pope Francis sent the video message on January 20th, fewer than 200 days before World Youth Day, happening in Portugal's capital city, August 1st to the 6th. Organizers met with Pope Francis and Vatican officials in Rome last week to discuss final preparation for the six-day gathering, which expects to see hundreds of thousands of participants. In his January 20th video message, Pope Francis noted that 400,000 young adults had already registered to attend World Youth Day. Now, there is still time to attend with Archbishop Sample. His pilgrimage is set for July 29th to August 7th. The deadline to register, though, is coming up January 27th. Yeah. David, I very much remember fondly when we spent our time in Portugal mm-hmm. and in Lisbon, these little, very tasty custard tarts. Mm. They're little small ones, so yeah. you can eat about five or six at a time. So <laughs> if you're heading over there, be sure to get those. I, I think they call them natas. I'm not exactly sure, but it was something like that. Yeah, sounds good. Well, interesting numbers when it comes to union membership across the U.S., The Labor Department released its report that shows union members fell to 10.1% of the overall U.S. workforce last year. That's down down slightly from 10.3% in 2021. Now, the numbers are somewhat deceiving as the number of workers belonging to a union actually increased by 1.9%. That's the biggest gain since 2015. It just failed to keep pace with the higher overall employment gains. Now, the biggest gains came from the addition of over 100,000 new union-represented workers in the fields of leisure and hospitality. You may recall Starbucks' efforts to unionize. Now, the share of Oregon workers represented by a union stands at just a little below 17%. Public sector workers like police and teachers had the highest unionization rates this year. 
Well, Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., is cutting about 12,000 jobs. It's about 6% of its workforce, adding to the new slew of major U.S. tech companies cutting jobs amid fears of an oncoming recession. Now, the web search and video sharing platform will offer U.S.-based employees 16 weeks of severance pay plus two weeks for each additional year they've worked at Google. Now, Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai said in a memo posted on Google's blog Friday that the email had already been sent to U.S. employees who will be affected by the layoffs. And the process for international employees well, it's going to take a little longer due to local laws and practices, he said. Now, Alphabet faced a different economic reality from the past two years when it rapidly expanded headcount decisions for which Pichai said takes full responsibility. All right. Well, strikes disrupted train service, flights, schools and businesses in France on Thursday as labor unions led huge protests against the government's plans to raise the retirement age for most workers. Protests in major French cities, including Paris, Marseille, and Nice, brought many transport services to a standstill. In fact, the Eiffel Tower was closed to visitors. Eight of the biggest unions had called for a first day of strikes and protests against pension reforms unveiled by President Emmanuel Macron's government. The legislation will require French citizens to work until 64 years of age from 62 currently to qualify for full state pension. Macron's proposed pension reforms come as workers in France and elsewhere are being squeezed by rising food and energy bills. In fact, nurses and ambulance drivers in the United Kingdom also went on strike Thursday over pay and working conditions. Well, after more than three years of discussions and negotiation, the State Department of Natural Resources in Washington on Tuesday approved the transfer of an 80-acre property southwest of Yakult in Clark County. Now, the land to be transferred is located between the Hantwig Trailhead, which is east of Lucia Falls Regional Park, and Moulton Falls Regional Park. Now, the plot now becoming another park. Clark County efforts to transfer the property began in December 2019 when the county signed a letter of intent to purchase. I'll tell you what, the first warm, sunny day comes around this year. Be heading out to Lucia Falls. Check it out. Okay, I'm looking at this on my map right now as you were talking about this Yakult. So I see where Yakult is. So it's a little bit northeast of Battleground. Yes. Okay. So that's why I say I think it's uh, uh, not Highway 99, but it, I mean, it's 117th Street. I, it turns into a, like a local highway. Right. That'll take you through Battleground and you keep heading north and then you head east when you get to the turnoff. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, no, it, it looks like yeah, a lot of greenery up there. So uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Give that a try. Go for a hike. Go for a hike. Yeah. Well, in sports, not a great home night for the Portland Trail Blazers going up against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Blazers falling to the Philadelphia 76ers 105-95. to It was really the first half that did Portland in. At the break, the Blazers trailed 57 to 34 uphill climb from there. Portland will now try to regroup and get set to host the Los Angeles Lakers. 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 That's always a sold out game. It is. That's coming Sunday evening, by the way. In the college ranks, University of Portland women's team had a nice road win down at St. Mary's. They went at 64 to 41. That improves the Pilots' record to 7 and 1 in West Coast Conference play. They're having a great season so far. 
Now, the Pilot Men playing at the Child Center, they defeated San Diego 88-83. Oregon State Men, not so good. They were at Stanford last night. They got drilled 67-46. This is the real shocker, though. Sixth-ranked Gonzaga falls to Loyola Marymount 68-67. That snaps the Bulldogs' 76-game home-winning streak. That's amazing. That's a tough loss. One point and a 75-game record. I was reading on the story on this that Loyola Marymount hadn't won in Spokane in like since the 90s. I forget what year it was. It was like the early 90s, the last time. So that was a wow. monumental victory for the Lions. Doesn't doesn't matter how the rest of the season goes. They've got this win. They feel like champions oh, yeah. probably today. Well, just days before the March for Life festivities began, the Holy See announced that participants at the march can receive a plenary indulgence. That's the opportunity to receive an indulgence. It's open to all those who attend the events in person, as well as those who can only attend virtually due to age, illness, or other conditions. Now, Bishop David O'Connell of the Diocese of Trenton outlined the steps needed to receive an indulgence in the announcement to his diocese. He noted that the Apostolic Penitentiary of the Holy See approved a plenary indulgence January 17th. Now, along with attendance at the event, either virtually or in person, the faithful must fulfill three other conditions as well. Now, the first condition is that the faithful must seek reconciliation through the sacrament of confession. Secondly, they must receive the Holy Eucharist. And third, the condition is for the faithful to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. And these conditions must be met within 20 days of receiving a plenary indulgence. However, a little bit of an extension has been given, and it says the time frame is extended to as soon as one is able. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Oh, and you heard about it a little bit earlier in the show, January 28th, beginning at 12 o'clock. It is a mass before the March for Life. It's happening at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Salem. All participating in the March for Life in Salem are invited to this mass that March Bishop Alexander Sample will offer before the event. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. I just found Lucia Falls. Did you? Yes, I did. So it's uh, kind of between Battleground and Yakult. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So not all the way up to Yakult, but kind of in between there. You know what river that it sits on? Uh, is, oh, is it the Trinity River? It's the Lewis River. Oh, the Lewis River. Yeah, there you go. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Maybe locals are going to be mad that I'm talking so much about it, but... <laughs> That's right. Don't give our secret away. Oh, you're, you're just going to absolutely love your afternoon there. Well, coming up, we second got Second cup, Second huh? cup, David. Yeah, what are we talking about? What are you doing this weekend? I know exactly what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing Sunday. Well, I'm watching the Niners Cowboys. <laughs> well, if you are an average American, David, yeah, you wouldn't be alone. We're going to talk about things the average American does on a weekend, how much time they're going to spend doing it. All right, it's after the forecast. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Sister Regina of Our Lady of Peace Retreat, inviting you to join us on Saturday, February 4th, for Our Lady's Luncheon Tea and Silent Auction. This special event honors Our Lady of Sorrows, and all proceeds will go toward the recent installation of 40 new heating and cooling units in our retreat rooms. You'll have fun bidding on beautiful silent auction items, enjoy delicious sweets and savories from our kitchen, and spend time with the sisters. The silent auction begins at 11 a.m., followed by a scrumptious lunch and tea from noon until 2. To reserve your seat or a table for you and your friends, visit our website at olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. The sisters at Our Lady of Peace Retreat look forward to seeing you at the tea on Saturday, February 4th. God bless you. Support for Matre Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Have you decided that this is the year? Well, you're going to get a few things done to make it memorable. Well, one of those things can be to support Mater Day Radio when you shop for the cause. With your everyday purchases through Amazon Smiles or Fred Meyer Community Rewards, a percentage will go to support great Catholic programming. Sign up is quick and easy. Just go to our webpage for all the information at materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.45 at Mater Day Radio. Take a look at your forecast today. Areas of fog this morning, then maybe a little sunshine today. It's Love hard to see to, some. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that looking outside yeah, right now. High of 46, though. Going to be kind of chilly today, then very chilly overnight tonight. Low down to 32 degrees. Again, may see some patchy fog on Saturday morning. Then a 60% chance of rain on Saturday with a high of 45. About a 40% chance of showers for Saturday night. Then Sunday, again, maybe might see a little sunshine on Sunday. So we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Currently, it's a cool, chilly 37 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 36 degrees at St. Juan Diego Church in Portland. The morning blend's not over yet. There's time for a second cup with David and Brenda. Well, it's usually about this time on a Friday where people are already looking to Saturday and Sunday trying to decide what they're going to do. So, David, you've already told us you've got a weekend filled with watching more sports. Well, at least one day. One day, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. I might try to watch a little uh, Australian Open tennis. Okay. But the times are so hard with because being down under, the time difference is quite a bit different. So a lot of the games that are or matches that I'd like to watch are like at 1 a.m. 
And okay. I'm not staying up to watch it. Well, you go to bed early, so you should just get up early yeah, and you can catch I'm, it. I'm not doing that on the weekend. And then be a little bit envious <laughs> of all those people sitting out in the sun yeah. and the warm because that's a good thing. Yeah, it is fun to watch just because it's summer down there. So, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, all right, we will see. Well, whether you're going to be staying up late or sleeping in, well, Americans enjoy their weekends. But, you know, studies have shown, David, Americans let their weekends kind of get away from them. You know, a recent poll by Monster, great website there, I guess, found that 76% of their respondents suffer from the Sunday night blues. Oh, I I can imagine. Because of the impending, just the thought of the impending work week. <laughs> yeah, the impending so. doom of going back to work <laughs> on Monday. So you think about then what your weekend is and you think about, you know, on Friday, what you're going to do this weekend versus Sunday, what you were actually able to get done. Well, there are a few things that the average American definitely will be participating in as they enter into the weekend. What if the weekend was like Tuesday and Wednesday? Um, would that make it any? Would that would that throw people off? We're changing the weekend to Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, I don't know. It's all relative. It depends I guess. on what you do on yeah. Sunday. True. Right? Well, yeah. So. Uh, anyway, so I found this great article from Stacker.com, and they did this survey, and they found what are the top kind of 10 things. Actually, the list is quite long, but we're going to cover as many of the top 10 as we can Okay. Uh, this weekend. All right. So the number one thing that the population engages in, any idea what they do <laughs> for the weekend. I, you know, there's a part of me that would say, to a certain extent, imbibe imbibe yes yeah uh yeah that'll be part of it but it's actually not the number one thing yeah you're probably gonna take a nap right yeah sleep oh okay yeah i was thinking more active sort yeah, of stuff no, yeah no sleeping is okay, the sure. number gotcha. one thing people yeah. are gonna average americans do on the weekend in yeah. fact so much so 99.9 percent of respondents says they're gonna engage in this and here's what's interesting the average weekend hours that the population will spend yeah. sleeping, mm-hmm. 19. Now, explain that. 19 hours will be, of the weekend will yeah. be spent sleeping. Sleep. Now, are they talking about extending your night's sleep or like taking a nap? It doesn't say. No, it's okay. not taking a nap. It's just sleep in general. Yeah. So I'm pres- presuming that it's nighttime sleep. Morning, midday nap, yeah. evening little quick nap to get through to the evening stuff. Okay, yeah. 19 hours. Yeah. That's um, that's a lot. Yeah, well, nine to nine, nine hours each night. Okay. Yeah, that's, I don't know. If, you, if you're young, if you're my son, you yeah. better bump that up to I, about I guess 25. you have to kind of look at the age of people. Yeah, oh, okay. And what they're, you know, it all averages out. For sure. Essentially. Okay, there you go, sleep. All right, now you'll be doing that. You'll also be doing the number two thing, David. Yes. Watching TV. Sure, yeah. 81% of the population is going to do it, and they're going to spend about six and a half hours. Yeah. That's kind of low. Six and a half hours over the weekend spent Uh, watching TV three hours a day. Yeah. I it depends every you know every weekend's different I'm thinking of myself personally like if I'm going to watch a football game then mm-hmm. that's you know you're talking probably three hours right there but you know we'll occasionally watch a movie on the weekend too so that'll take up another couple hours so yeah all right and then you had mentioned this as your first guest the number three spot 
eating and drinking. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Because I was thinking from the sleeping standpoint, I, I guess I was thinking more active sorts active of things. Active sorts what are you of doing? things, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So okay. uh, 94% of the population is going to be eating and drinking. Yep, I can see it. For the weekend. Sure. Uh, it seems to me like that should be a little bit higher, kind of along the lines of sleeping. Mm-hmm. How can you not eat or drink over two days? But yeah. I guess some people do fasts. I don't know. But we're going to spend about two and a half hours doing it in total, they said. Right. So, and then I guess it depends on, uh, yeah, how much eating you want to do. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, you don't spend hours. We should be spending longer amount of time, I think, sitting together and enjoying mm-hmm. a meal, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think we uh, do that quite enough. No. All right. Well, it seems to be like this is the thing the weekend is meant to get away from, but the number four spot, working. Oh, that's the, that's the number four spot. Yeah. Average people. About 20% of the population will do this, but they're going to spend two, two and a half hours in the weekend working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now I don't know if this is on the list, but because if you want to consider this working, but like household and yard work, the, if that's considered, oh. uh, if that's under the working category versus like going to a job, but actually working, I'm working in the yard, I'm working in the house. Those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, judging from the picture, it looks like it's actual work. Okay. Work and not housework kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number five, socializing and communicating yeah. with friends. Okay. Uh, I think that this average number is low if I look at it in reference to my own life. Mm-hmm. But about 40% of the population is going to do that. And they're going to spend two hours over the weekend doing that. All right. No way. I go way more than two yeah. hours socializing and communicating alone. I, I wonder if those numbers differ because of the pandemic. Could be. Yeah. You know, because obviously that kind of cut into socializing, at least the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. So maybe I'm just making up for lost time. That could be. And then uh, on the number six spot, I like this one because uh, it's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. 73% will spend some time grooming. Grooming. Getting their hair cut, getting their nails done. Yeah. See, I need a pedicure. Getting a pedicure. Well, this weekend's the time to do I'm it. You'll be it. joining okay. 73% <laughs> of the population. Maybe I should wait for the weekday. 1.2 hours. Yeah. I, you, I think we should spend more time grooming. Yeah. I've seen a few people in my household. <laughs> they need more time grooming? My son in particular. But he just washes his hair and puts a hat on it. There and you I go. Said, Come on, we can do a little bit better. And then lastly, uh, before we go, and this one kind of goes along with eating and drinking. Well, number seven, uh, 55% will be doing food prep and cleanup. Yeah. Sometimes people, I think, make it, meals sure, for a week, yeah. right? Lunch, quick grab lunches. Uh, I've seen people who do that. They seem very well planned out and just they have these beautifully healthy, colorful meals mm-hmm. all lined up in their refrigerator. So. See, I, I could see that because when I make a, a larger meal, it's usually on the weekend when I have time. Right. To have the time to prepare and not have to rush. And uh, I enjoy doing that too a lot. Yeah, so anyways, and then just rounding out the top 10 uh, consumer good purchases, doing mm-hmm. a little shopping, yeah, caring for and helping your household members, and doing a little interior cleanup. Um, yeah. Cleaning up that house. I'll be doing a little time 
I'm going to do those Christmas yes. decorations. They're we'll coming down those. this weekend, David. All right. I, I have big hopes. We have hope for you that you have a wonderful weekend, too, and you enjoy today's second cup. Support for Matre Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship. A place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast this morning. Areas of fog, then a little sunshine this afternoon, high of 46 degrees. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 32, going to be chilly. Then got about a 60% chance of showers for Saturday, a high of 45. It's currently 36 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, it's Tasha Layton, Love Lifting Me. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Oh. 
is Tasha Layton and Love Lifting Me. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Thank you so much for tuning into the Morning Blend all this week. David and Brenda with you. We do appreciate it. To all of our listeners, guests, we had a great week. And uh, we'll start again on Monday. But everyone, have a great weekend. Absolutely. We got a new view from the pew talking about a Catholic guide to health and wellness. like it. It's going to be a great show for you this evening. You can also catch the podcast. We hope you have a blessed day.